Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome, Brewer fans of Brewer Review Podcast. Uh, joining you today is Craig and Vince. Uh, how are you doing, Vince? I'm doing fine, man. How are you, Craig? All right. So today is August 10th. We're about a week past the trade deadline. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what the Brewers did at the trade deadline and uh, where we sit here going forward as we enter late August, early September, and the 2023 MLB pennant races. So um, I guess for starters, uh, Vince, I, I guess um, maybe I'll just do a quick recap. Uh, instead of going through each individual train, I'm, I'm going to yeah. talk about the players that the, the Brewers did bring in. Um, and so we'll start there. Uh, so they basically made five smaller trades, uh, and these are the players that we received. Um our first trade, we, we acquired a uh, first baseman, switching first baseman veteran, 37-year-old um, Carlos Santana from the Pirates. Uh, our second trade, we acquired Mark Canna from the New York Mets, uh, outfielder. Um, and then our third trade, we acquired left-handed pitching, uh, back of the bullpen arm, um, Andrew Chafin. Who I think was predestined to become a brewer, <laughs> given his physique. <laughs> totally, um, totally agree. <laughs> and then um, two, we also then traded two lesser, I shouldn't say lesser players, but we traded Louis uh, Urias to the Boston Red Sox for a prospect named Bradley Blaylock. Um, I think he's at double A now um, and right-handed pitcher and then we also acquired from the Rays Evan McKenzie who's also a right-handed pitcher that we sent to AAA um, for Alex Jackson who uh, I was actually surprised was still even in our system so um, those are acquisitions a couple of prospects uh, unfortunately we said goodbye to Louis Arias the prospects that we gave up in the other trades I think were minimal um as far as like taking a uh, you know a hit off our top 10 top 20 prospects even so overall I think we are expecting it to be underwhelming and our expectations were met. Thank you very much for his front office. Uh, that's my take on it, Vince. What, what are your feelings overall? <laughs> um, yeah, I remember our, our uh, pre-production meeting here, uh, our conversations around the deadline. I think, um, I think I'm a little happier with it than you were or what you expressed in our, our pre-production meeting. I think that, um, you know, some of the guys that I had really wanted ended up not moving. So I don't know if maybe teams were asking too much. I, I think that like many Brewer fans, the one of the names that I really, really wanted us to pick up was Eloy Jimenez from the White Sox, who ended up sticking with the White Sox. Um, I liked him just because he was under team control for beyond just the season. And I, you know, was, was thinking he could plug right into, you know, our lineup as a, as primarily a, a designated hitter and, um, you know, fill a couple needs there. But you know, the fact that he didn't move tells me that perhaps the White Sox wanted more than um, would have been wise to give up. Um, you know, I'm all for the go for it mentality, as you know. Um, I do think that we need to be very aggressive. Um, when it comes to the deadline, I've been very critical of the Brewers at previous deadlines, specifically last season uh, in 2022. But, um, you know, I'd say overall this season, I, I'd give the I give the deadline a C plus, B minus. Um, I, you know, I'm not terribly excited about Mark uh, 
Montana or, you know, I, I guess, well, I, I am more excited about Chapin. I, I should say that. And I think that uh, Carlos Santana at first base is, is, is probably one of the better bats that we could have picked up for, especially what we gave up for him. So yeah, I'm going to go with a B minus uh, overall. Okay. Um, I guess I'll go, I don't know, I'm not exact grades, but I guess I'll give it like a C plus uh, overall. But I mean, there's just nothing exciting. I mean, the 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 great thing is that I don't think we really gave up much, but I mean, right. in my opinion, you know, this is a, when are we going to use our prospects to improve our ball club? I mean, when you're sitting at first place, a year out of three of your best players hitting free agency, you're sitting in first place right. at the trade deadline. If now's not the time, when is? I, I don't get that. And there's yeah. some guys, like, for yeah. instance, our breakout prospect this this year in the minor leagues is uh, Tyler Black, who's a second baseman that was drafted a couple of years ago, had a phenomenal season yep. and really upped his, his his stock. Now, he's kind of blocked at the major league level. Obviously, second base is probably going to be controlled by Terang. Obviously, if we lose Adamas, he can move over to shortstop, and we would need Black. But in my opinion, that, could be, that role could – be filled in the future with like a, a veteran free agent signing or something like that so why not cash him in uh, selling high so to speak on his minor league uh season uh and try to bring in a better bat to help us this year I, again i don't know what was out there obviously just speculation maybe Jimenez was too cost prohibitive like you said but overall it just seemed like like for instance the cubs who again have already tasted success much more uh recently you know than us mm -hmm. world series wise um they're a bigger market team and obviously they're they're they have no problem getting rid of their top prospects they brought in probably one of the best bats at the free agent um or, sorry at the trade deadline and uh jammer condolario the third baseman oh, and yeah. so and so they vastly improved their offense just like that no problem no hesitation they just did yeah. it and i feel the brewers could have done the same and they and then they didn't they they decide so, I mean, it, to me, it's just very frustrating because you've got this this front office that's not only hitting the bargain bin during the offseason free agency period, but they're also hitting it at the trade deadline when they're sitting in first place. To me, it's just uncalled for. I don't know. Yeah, I, I share your frustration with that um, and with the front office generally. I, I have you know, said that before as well many times on our podcast. I, I do question who exactly was out there and available. I guess that the Cubs uh, gave up, I think, two top 20 prospects for Candelario. Um, but, you know, maybe that would be worth it. You know, they're, they are able to absorb things. Uh, I'm not just talking about, uh, about you know, prospects given up in a trade, but they can replace those prospects by signing free agents in a way that the Brewers probably can't. Um, so I don't know how smart it is for the Cubs to always go, go all in. We've seen that backfire already uh, since this deadline with the Angels. But, but to your point, you know, Candelario, Scotty's interns, and maybe Scott is, is Scott on today, by the way? Scott or uh, Jed? I so. Okay. Well, Scotty's interns are handing me something. Candelario is hitting 485 since the deadline for the Cubs. So obviously, you know, that trade is so far at least working out for Chicago. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that we need to be as aggressive as possible, particularly when we are in first place, particularly when we do have uh, Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. Uh, who are free agents after the 2024 season. So, you know, essentially we've got now this window of, of this year and next year to compete with them um, before they hit free agency. Um, so, yeah, I, I I would have gone, quote unquote, all in a little bit more with the caveat being that, you know, again, I don't know that we want to include guys like Jackson Churio in a deal if that's what it was 
you know, going to take to get Eloy Jimenez, I don't think I would have done that. So I, I don't know that there were a ton of bats that moved at the deadline. Um, so I guess that's, that's part of my caveat as well is that, you know, I didn't see a ton of guys that I would have taken. Candelario is one of those guys. Um, but I didn't see a ton of guys that were moved that I would have given up a ton of prospect capital for either. That is, that's true. Um, there just wasn't that many impact players to bring in. So we, you know, we didn't, we, we didn't see like, with... you know, last year, last year, Craig, we saw like Juan Soto get moved at the deadline. We saw, we saw a number of bigger names that got moved. And, you know, this year, again, I just, I just didn't see it. I, I wish that, you know, there may have been a, a heftier market and that's, that kind of speaks to baseball's current, you know, second wild card and, and postseason structure where more teams are in it. So you're going to see less, less activity, I think, or less bigger activity at the deadline, more tinkering. Yeah. Uh, so I think the saving grace for Brewer fans, this trade deadline wise was the fact that um, the other teams that were competing against in the NL didn't do a whole lot either, especially the NL central. So I think, um, that definitely works in the Brewers' favor here as we go forward. Uh, the, the shocking one to me is the Cincinnati Reds. You know, they were in wow. first place uh, right around the All-Star break, and they were, I know, the, the first Friday game against the Brewers at home um, coming out of the break, and they, I think they had a sellout crowd. Um, and, the, you know, their fans are hungry, you know, for winning baseball. And uh, they're, they did, really did nothing, and they went out and got like a left-handed bullpen arm. That's about it. They did nothing to solidify the rotation. And so they've, you know, I think they're going to suffer because of that. The Cubs obviously got Condelario and, um, you know, they improved themselves, I, I believe. But the Dodgers, who unfortunately got thwarted by uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, not uh, accepting the trade or, or um, to the to the Dodgers because he had veto power over that and his um, contract. So, but they did add Lance Lynn to the rotation. They're going to get some other guys healthy, like Walker Buehler possibly come back for the playoffs. So, I mean, um, but with that being said, I would expect the Dodgers have done a little bit more. So they, they didn't do too much either. Atlanta Braves yeah, didn't do yeah. a whole lot. Um, I think the Marlins were pretty aggressive. They added um, Josh Bell and um, Jake Berger to their offense. And again, those are yeah. some guys that I think are better than guys we acquired for sure. And not only that, but younger yeah. and trouble. So um, I think they were really smart and did some nice moves and all the other teams kind of on the fringes of the wild card race in the NL made tinkering moves, but nothing real big and splashy, like you said. So um, overall, a lot of big names went to the AL teams, as we know, both Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander got traded um, over to the AL, yep. the Astros and the um, Rangers uh, for that big pennant race. But um, and, and overall, yeah, so. I think that really works in the Brewers' favor going forward. And uh, here we are a week past the deadline, and the Brewers are still sitting in first place, two and a half games up on the Cubs and Reds. Um, the Cubs have had a really nice week since the deadline, so they're seeing their dividends pay off right away. The Reds have gone two and eight in their last 10 games, and you know they were right on top, and now they're falling back. And I think that they're, they're going to be it, it, to me, it seems like, well, I guess I'll throw it out there to you. Which team worries you the most going forward, uh, the the Cubs or the Reds, as we battle out for the NL Central? Uh, short term, the Cubs. Long term, the Reds. So, yeah, I think that this season, well, yeah, I think that the Reds, the Reds, the Reds have a, you know, a talented club. I, I actually really think that the Reds talent level is, is pretty significant. And I, I do think that long term, they are going to be major players in the National League Central Division. But I do think that, 
they were overplaying over their heads a little bit um, at times this season. I think that they're, you know, their starting pitching depth may not be quite there yet. I think that they've got a lot of young players like we do too, but um, I think that they're maybe a, a, a little bit further away perhaps in uh, some of their trajectories. So I, I definitely am viewing them long-term as a bigger competitor than the Cubs, but um, yeah, I think this year the Cubs have, have kind of caught fire at the right time for them. Um, so I would probably say the Cubs out of those two teams. Yeah, and and uh, obviously just concerned for this year and and winning this division. But I mean, yeah, you're right about the Reds. Uh, the difference between us and the Reds, I think, is a lot of our talent is at the at the hitting level, uh, and there's at the pitching, their young talent, I should say. And so, in my opinion, that gives us an advantage because a lot of times the young hitters like you know Freelick and Terang and Weimer and all this can come in and and hold their own, so to speak. Obviously, they're going through some struggles. But when you're talking about young pitchers, it usually takes them a number of years and a lot of experiences, innings, pitch the major league level to really kind of find their groove to become an ace or a really quality pitcher. So the Reds do have some really high upside arms. And you got talking about Hunter Green, uh, Nick Abbott, yeah. and Andrew Abbott. Yeah. Those guys are probably all have ace potential. And the Brewers' aces, on the other hand, are already veterans. And when you're talking about Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta, um, and then throw yeah. Miley in that mix is a great fourth starter. Where and the Brewers, I think, have a huge advantage in starting pitching, and they also have a pretty pretty big advantage still in the bullpen. The Reds' bullpen has been sneaky good. Obviously, Alexis Diaz, uh, Edwin Diaz's little brother, has had a, probably one of the best years of any closer in baseball this year. And then Lucas Sims has been pretty solid. And then they um, they added Sam Mall from the a's uh to their bullpen but overall i still think we have a better bullpen too so but there's no doubt that they have better offense than us right now um but some of theirs is aging too with joy Votto in there and um you know some guys are just having career years for them but overall um i think that really it, it's the cubs and us probably coming down the stretch and we do play I, I think i think it's either six or nine more games against the cubs um i think it's six home and away we have a series so um in chicago and milwaukee in fact we end up the uh the year final three games of the season at amfam field cubs brewers it yep. could come down to that series i hope not yeah. I hope that we pull away um <laughs> before that period of time and they fade away but we'll see what when has that ever happened in brewers history craig when have we ever been able to casually walk into a postseason scenario i i guess maybe 2011 but even then the cardinals were unfortunately getting hot and ended up beating us in the playoffs but yeah, I, I have a feeling. I just have a feeling it'll come down to that last week per usual. And yeah, you're right. We've got we've got the Cardinals and the Cubs at home uh, that last week of September. Yeah, and I can't believe it's been 15 years since our wild card championship win against the Cubs in 2008 when Ryan Braun hit that home run on the final the, the yeah. game of the year to get us into yeah. the wild card spot. So um, against the Cubs at home. Um, so it'd be nice to you know. Yeah, for sure. Hey, speaking of that, I did see something too from uh, one of our colleagues. I think it was Adam McKelvey. Uh, CC Sabathia coming back to to Ampham Field in late August here to celebrate the 15 year anniversary of that 2018. Going to be throwing going to be throwing out a first pitch. I believe it's August uh, 25th or 26th against the Padres at home. So that should be a fun one to to go to. So any fans that are listening to us up in Milwaukee, uh, I would definitely put that on your calendar. I, I would certainly do it if I was in Wisconsin. Cool. Come back for that weekend. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that actually does sound awesome. So yeah, maybe. But um, yeah. So in any event, that was some news recently out of that 2008 team. But yeah, I can't believe that was 15 years ago already. Hard to believe. But um, 
But yeah, no, I mean, it just seems to me that this was the year the Brewers need to push their chips to the middle of the table. We're sitting here in first. I don't think the Braves obviously are the best team in the NL, and it's not even really close. However, I've gone over this many times, but with the Brewers top of the rotation pitching, I think that gives them an advantage in a short playoff series for sure. I mean, it really just comes down to pitching. And obviously the Braves have unbelievable hitting and uh, everything, but I really think that the Brewers have a, a really good shot that, but they've got to get into the playoffs. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm still pretty confident in our ability to get in. I will say this: I, we were not competing with the Braves, uh, obviously in our two series against them this season. I think we're one in five against Atlanta on the season. But that being said, um, I would like to have that series with our pitching, our starting rotation intact you know when we're not throwing out Colin Ray all due respect uh to to lead off a series against the Braves and you know when we're not having to kind of sub guys in from not only the bottom of our rotation but really from our like seventh eighth position of depth organizationally pitching wise so I I would love to to stack up you know Burns Woodruff Peralta in a you know best of five game series against Atlanta um I, I think that would be interesting and I think Julio Tehran pitched one one of those games against the Braves too. And I mean, you're and, and not only like, against well, them, but was he was injured. Yeah, he was injured during that game too. He got lit up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we definitely did not come at them with our best during our series against them, uh, pitching wise. And I, I think again, we'll be lined up for that if come playoff time. If if indeed we have to, you know, line up against the Braves. Um, you know, knock on wood, health uh, permitting. And that's the one thing with Woodruff coming back now, you know, as we remember all the way back 15 years ago in that 2008, where we were all just jazzed up to kind of be in the playoffs the first time. But in reality, had the Brewers been fully healthy that year, we would have not only had CeCe, who was supposedly like an automatic win at the time, we would have had Ben Sheets and Giovanni Garrido. Ben Sheets was injured at the time. Giovanni Garrido was just coming back uh, from injury. So had we gone with like a real, you know, still full stable of horses back then, I think we could have really been a surprise, make a surprise, surprise late run instead of ducking out against the Phillies um, during that first round series. But anyway, um, with that being said, you know, not going back 15 <laughs> years, um, this is a team that I think has a lot of talent on it. And um, I, I really feel that we're the best team in the NL Central going forward. And it would have been really nice to make us even better. But like I said, outside of the Braves, there's not other teams in the NL that really scare me too much. That I don't think we could hold our own against playoff time. And so um, I think we just got to get into the, to the, to the, um, in the playoffs and, and hope, hope the best from there, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a battle. Reds aren't giving up. The Cubs aren't giving up the, the, the really good thing. Like I thought that our only path to the playoffs would really be winning the NL central. But if you look at the stands now, we're right in that, in the pack, um, with the NL, there's three teams in the NL that'll make the wild card spots, and I think we're right in that mix of, of about the same number of wins as those guys. So if we happen to not win the the NL Central, there's still I think a chance that we could also get one of the the wild card spots. With that being said, um, I think that if we're gonna we're gonna have to play well from here on out, and which will probably propel us to the division win over a wild card spot anyway. But we'll see. It would also have been really, really nice. It's a huge advantage for the top two um, with the new playoff format featuring 12 teams, six in each league. It's a huge, huge advantage for the top two record-wise division winners because they get a not only do they get a first round bye, but then they get to host a second round series. The the um, 
National League right. Division Series. And so um, that even it's looking like if the Brewers win the division, I mean, they're probably going to be the third division winner and they're going to have to play that first round three game series that the, the nice part about it is they'll get to host all three games at Amfam field right when the season ends. And we just have to win that series to advance. Um, but uh, I think we're, I think five or six games behind the Dodgers for that second division um, best record. But if we could somehow catch the Dodgers or whoever wins the NL West for the second, that would be the second best record. That would even be better. And again, to me, that out there is like a carrot to, to kind of get as a goal would have been huge for us to try to really, really improve this team to get to that level because it, it'd be a huge advantage come playoff time. But again, we did what we did at the trade deadline and nothing too splashy. No offense to Mark Hanna. Yep. He's got great plate discipline. I'm sure he's a hilarious guy, but um, really not a difference maker. He's not moving the needle in any way, shape, or form. With that being said, you know, yeah. I've heard that Carlos Santana is an awesome clubhouse presence. Um, Andrew Schaefin, like I said, is a nice lefty to bring in the bullpen with some experience. Um, there's a possibility that Aaron Ashby would come back and help out a little bit in the bullpen as a lefty uh, as we go down the stretch here. And really, I do like we have a pretty decent amount of rotation depth now with Woodruff coming back, in my opinion. Um, hopefully, Colin Wright doesn't have to make too many more starts. No offense to him or his family or anything. But, I mean, the reality of it is, I don't want to call him like the Jason Alexander of this year, but he did an admiral job filling in when we really needed him to eat some innings. Uh, but he's not one of our five best starters, in my opinion, going forward. Um, so, hopefully, we can yeah. continue having excellent health especially in our starting rotation so we could ill afford to lose one of our big guys so yeah and i am worried that that does happen again hopefully not but you know you, you just never know we've experienced so many injuries this season let me ask you this craig you know we had talked before the deadline but i mean were you surprised that we weren't more active i just were that we weren't more active at the deadline i guess it just seems to me like you know history has taught us and i guess maybe this was matt arnold's first deadline so there's that but it just seems like we are not that team that goes out and has a big deadline. We just aren't. We have tried, I guess, 2018 may be our the last season that we really tried that. And then there's other examples. Um, you know, again, we talked via text or for our pre-production meeting during the deadline day, but I, I guess 2008, um, maybe 2011 to a degree, 1982, uh, 2018, those were probably our most active deadlines. And as you pointed out, those are the years that we were most successful, but it just seems like there's not a huge track record of, quote unquote, going for it at the deadline. And, and we've been, you know, contenders now for a number of seasons where we haven't really done much, I guess. Did it surprise you that we didn't do more? No, it didn't surprise me, but it slightly disappointed me. So it's basically just what I expected. And like you had guessed that, that we're not going to do anything too splashy. We're not going to. And so basically we, we plugged in some of our weaknesses with some veteran depth and that's about it. I mean, that's kind of what I expected us to do. So we didn't take the good part of it is that we didn't take a hit to the farm system. But again, I'm someone who's willing to do that in this situation, but we just never know all the particulars behind the scenes and who was available or what was offered and all this stuff. I am disappointed that we did make a trade with the Red Sox and didn't bring back Bobby Dahlbeck, who I really like as a future uh, controllable piece for us on the corner infields. But uh, so, I, I mean, really the prospect that we got for Louis Urias um, basically is probably about as good as the one that we got for Alex Jackson, who I didn't even really realize was still uh, in in the system. So, um, Dave Jackson Jackson had a nice year for the Sounds. I think he was their starting catcher for most of the season. He oh, was great. He was 
Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I don't know that. Uh, and the Ra- the Rays wanted to add him for some depth, and they got they had plenty of pitching depth at AAA, so we got a decent prospect who I kind of like. Yeah. Um, as a back end starter going forward, so you know you can never have too many arms, especially for rotation depth at AAA. So that was a win win for both clubs probably. Um, and uh, well, anyway. I, I think that we did sell low on Louis Urias, and I feel like he's going to still carve out himself a nice little career, whether it's with the Red Sox or on our team. I feel like he's going to be uh, an everyday player somewhere going forward, and he's going to have a nice little career. And unfortunately, the Brewers are going to look back and say, hey, I think we kind of sold low on him. But I, I get we were at that point. I just look, wish we would have got a little bit more for him. But that being said, um, Bradley Blaylock, I think, is a prospect with a, his arrow pointing up. And it was actually reported he was throwing like 97 to 99 miles an hour um, coming uh, recently, which is uh, an uptick in his velocity. So he could his ceiling probably increased a little bit. So I'm probably underselling him as well. So it's probably a pretty, pretty good acquisition for Urias in the long run, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we had talked about uh, the potential of moving Urias or Hira, I guess, uh, at the deadline. And you know, I, we had we had kind of gone through some scenarios. I think that Urias, again, has kind of relegated himself to being a platoon player at this point. I don't know that he's, and I, I say this liking him, I just don't know um, that he is ever going to be a starter at an infield position at this point. I think that his best role for any team is going to be in that platoon situation. So we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I, not I, upset. Still, uh, I know we disagree on this. Like, I still think yeah. he'll have a better career than Bryce Trang. I, I hope I'm wrong, obviously, because Trang's in the Brewers and probably will be for the next six-plus years, hopefully. But um, that's yeah. my feeling on it, I guess. But hopefully I'm wrong, definitely. So I like, like, like Trang's defense we... already so much. Uh, I like Trang's defense already so much that I – yeah, I and I don't know about offensive. Yeah, his, we'll his see. defense I, I think... will keep him in the lineup. I, and I guess I, I should put a caveat on that that I think – uh, hitting wise, Urias will be a better player going forward, but I'm hope I'm wrong on that one too. Trang has shown shown himself in the minor leagues and has really been hitting well since he came back. So um, yeah, hope, hopefully, hopefully I'm, yeah. I'm wrong. And, he, and and again, he's nice to have since he's got that shortstop uh, ability to uh, to have Adamus possibly our future shortstop beyond Adamus, and and maybe allow us to trade Adamus for a nice uh, haul this offseason if that's what we choose to do or not. So that's well, a nice option. This way. I love Urias, but he's hitting 169 on the year so far. So, you know. It is well, it is. no, I mean, I think it was a time for a change of scenery for sure for him. Uh, like I said, sometimes you just have to sell low on guys like that. And I, I get it. So he didn't have a role yeah. with our team. So we had to move on from him. Um, definitely. So, but kind of, I think the X factors, I think the, the guys that'll make a difference, whether or not we really have a successful run here to the NL Central title or wildcard spot or playoffs, is the is not the guys that we've t- potentially required in Canada and Santana. I think there'll be factors and really be nice, solid plugins for our offense. But I really think it's going to be guys like Sal Freelich and Rowdy Telez coming back that are going to have a huge um, impact on our offense. I mean, I, I think if you, when Talaz comes back, he'll most likely platoon at DH or whatever. Uh, obviously, Santana will handle his better defensively at first baseman and is a switch hitter. So I think maybe you'll have like an Owen Miller or or whatever, or I don't know, Taylor, a right-handed uh, hit, hitting platoon with Roddy Talaz getting all the right-handed pitching at-bats against the uh, at the DH. And I think he's going to excel in that role. As we saw his capability last year, he struggled pretty mightily against lefties this year, and I think he showed himself to actually be more of a platoon bat. 
But with his power, yeah. I think it's much needed in our lineup, and he could really make a difference maker. And obviously, he's a fan favorite. I think really, if, if him and Freelich have a nice last six weeks of this year, I think the Brewers are going to be in really good shape and a nice postseason. Um, because yeah, our, our our offense definitely needed some fire to it, and, and and I don't think that that was necessarily the guys that we acquired, but adding a guy like Freelich and and Rowdy Tellez back to the lineup, I think will will really make our overall offense that that much better. And as we see with our awesome pitching, it doesn't have to be that much better. I think we just have to score a little bit more runs each game and and we're excellent in low scoring games because of our awesome pitching on on both the rotation and the bullpen so yeah One no, and, I, and I I just want to echo what you just said uh, quick Craig on uh on self free like you know it, it kind of goes goes without saying in some ways but boy has he been an exciting player to watch I think you had called him uh uh, the next Paul Molitor, which is which is huge shoes to fill, but at the same time he does really ignite a lineup like that. He is uh, a guy who you can just you can sense the the spark that he gives to a team. He's been he's been really exciting to watch, and um, I, I think uh, it, again it goes without being said that a, any fan that's watching the team can see this, but he has really been a, a just a pleasure to to watch day in and day out with the Brewers, and obviously he he'll go through his times where he's slumping and not, you know, contributing in the, in, in uh, you know, the ways that he currently is at the plate or on the field. But I just know that, you know, just having his presence around seems like it's a huge boost for this team. So I, I'm really ecstatic about self like, uh and he has been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. When you really watch him, you can just see how tough of an out it is. And every at-bat he puts in is just a great at-bat. And, and to me, that's yeah. usually an indicator of a future star, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Someone- yeah. Someone that just puts in that great at bat. I, you know, looking back again, 15 years ago, Ryan Braun was, I think, in his second year. If you remember 2007 when he came up, you just knew every time he was up, he's putting in a good at bat and getting the bat on the ball and making something happen. And I don't know, uh, again, not to compare him to him either because it's some lofty competition or comparison as yeah. Ryan Braun's probably uh, the best, one of the best hitters beyond our two Hall of Famers and Burr's history, especially for sure, over the last 25 years. So, um, yeah, I think Freelick is definitely going to be, he's got star potential and I think we, we need him and I think he's going to be a huge factor coming down and, and possibly, you know, hopefully, you know, he can stay healthy as well. And uh, in our lineup. Now, one thing I disagree, Craig council has actually been sitting him against some lefties, which yeah, I'm sorry, but I just dis- disagree with, I, I mean, this guy is going to be a future everyday player for sure, if not a star, and he's going to need that experience against lefties. I'm not going to shield him against that right now. Um, and again, Council is one of those guys that likes to get every, every bench player some at bats, and I get how can that can be valuable. But when you've got this guy, you've got to give him every day at bats. Period, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you at all on that. Um, I, I totally share that perspective. I think that you know there there comes a point where you can over tinker, um, and I think that maybe that that would be an example of of Craig doing that. Obviously, I love Craig Council as a manager. I think he is probably the greatest manager in Brewers history and agree with his his on-field decisions 99% of the time, but I disagree with that as well. I think that uh, self Freelich should definitely be in the lineup every day, um, except, you know, the occasional day off like anybody, but um, certainly not because we're facing a lefty or just because we're facing a lefty. I think that, you know, self Freelich, um, until proven otherwise, should be given every chance to play every day. And, um, you know, as a rookie, you don't want to be pigeonholed into a platoon-like situation. You don't want to be a platoon player for your career if you're a guy with star potential like self like, uh has. This, this was the guy that 
you know, was our number two prospect at the time that he got called up. So, you know, clearly the future is bright for this guy. And I think that we need to see what he can do against left-handed pitching as well. So, you know, I, I get that there's a, theory, a school of thought that says you kind of ease him into it. Um, you know, I can, I can respect that, but I, I certainly don't want to be in a position where, you know, we're going into 2024 until Freelich has, you know, 20 at bats against left-handed pitching or something, you know, we need to get him some exposure right away because you certainly want him facing tough lefties in the playoffs uh, and, and being on the field. So yes, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, now, one thing I, I think Craig Council also needs to, um, well, besides he needs to get a new contract ASAP. I don't know what Mark Antonis is doing there, but he needs to be a longtime brewer manager for sure. There's no other reason why. So hopefully that happens soon, but um I think that he also needs to get, I don't know if he's got our lineup right now. Again, obviously there's some new veterans or whatever, but Yelich has been awesome in the leadoff role. And he, his comeback this year is a huge reason why the Brewers are in first place. There's no doubt about it. Cause without his contributions on offense, I don't know where the Brewers offense would be. So he's been huge. this well, like, year. Oh, go ahead. Imagine Yelich hitting like he's hitting when, if Rowdy is hitting like he hit last year or Adamas is hitting like he hit two years ago. I mean, we've got these pieces that God, if we could just get them all moving in the same direction at the same time, it would be so exciting, but I'm sure that there's like 29 other teams in baseball. I could say that too, but, but, but yeah. Yeah. But, but, um, so the one suggest lineup suggestion I have for Craig and leave it or not it, is I think Freelich really is going to be a future leadoff hitter and that's where he, his best role should be. Uh, and Yelich mm-hmm. probably has now earned his right to move back into like the three hole. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't totally disagree. I actually was thinking the two hole for Yelich. Um, I really like him in that position right now. I, I, I love the idea of having a Yelich, I'm sorry, a, a Freelich Yelich one, two combo at the top of the lineup. That, that to me is ideal. Um, I know it means shuffling some other guys around who are doing well in that role too, but I, I like that. Uh, I like that as, as our one, too. I think that that's... Does, does it bother that they're both left-handed, though? Like, would you like to split them up with a righty at all? Not not a ton, not a ton, because I think that their splits show that that is... It, obviously, it's a factor, but I don't think it's as big of a factor. Um, I you, you could move Yelich to three, I guess, but I, I really like that look, one, too. Yeah. Council really just strikes me as a really a hardcore play the percentage guy. He's almost not quite on the level of La Russa, but he's on the next tier down. Like he really loves playing the percentages when it comes to the bullpen and lineup usage. And I get it. Yeah. Uh, the numbers prove all that out. But um, overall, I, I think he's got to find the right mix here for this current um, incarnate, incarnation of the lineup, so to speak. Um, one of the real caveat before we wrap it up here, I want to give some more kudos to, Ma, to Wade Miley because I mean, he was integral <laughs> back. He came back and looked like he didn't miss a beat. And he's, I think, a huge, valuable part of our rotation. And I will point out that I'm uh, under a huge belief that the new rules in baseball, the speed of the game, actually play right into Wade Miley's strengths. Everyone knows he's a quick worker. You go to a game, you probably have it like two-hour game or whatever. And with the new rules, the and and if he's better only getting one timeout per at bat and uh, having to keep keep himself in the box, so to speak, at all times. It really plays into uh, Wade Miley's mastery because I think he, he, part of his magic is his rhythm, and I think that the new rules yeah. really play into his strength. And, I and think he's doing really well. So, yeah, no, that that is funny. Um, you know, we were told all that by our anonymous source, Tom Carter, uh, when the Brewers resigned Miley. I don't know if you remember that, Craig, but he had mentioned that too that these new rules might be make uh, might be having an impact on some guys like Suter and Miley who tend to work quicker. Um, 
but yeah, that came from our anonymous source, Tom Carter, all the way back in January. Yeah. Now again, last episode, I think we might've mentioned Tom's full name once again. And um, he did give me a quick call and said that uh, two things. He said, one, stop saying my first and last name on air. And number two, he said, if you guys, after all these years, if you could please look up the definition of the word anonymous, um, he asked. So we'll get around to that. We've got our interns working on it right now. But um, thank yeah. you for the suggestions, Tom Carter. Um, but uh, we'll move forward here. Um, and we're really looking forward. And to I was given the definition by Scotty's interns for the record. So, I, you know, for what it's worth. So, so if... if Tom or Mr. Carter or whatever we want to say, if he if he's upset at that, he can he can call Scotty's interns. I have not looked it up, but um, I thought it meant a, a, a uh, handsome man on a fast horse is what I thought it meant, but I could be wrong. Well, hey, but, it works for me. Anyway, so no, I'm really looking forward to this the Brewer pennant race here and. Uh, the Cubs are just going to push them down and run away with this division. And uh, hopefully it will make things happen in the playoffs. So I'm really excited about the rest of the year. Hopefully get it up to Milwaukee, actually go to some games this before the season is out. And well, I actually, yeah, on a, on a personal note, uh, I was going to, going to mention that um, maybe we'll tape before this, but uh, Lena and I will be in attendance uh, at the Brewers Rangers series here in Texas. Uh, which is starting next weekend. What is today? Thursday as we tape this. So I know this weekend we're in Chicago, but uh, a week from tomorrow, we'll be heading to Arlington and we're going to be at all three games. So we're excited about taking in a, a Brewers road trip this season. I think it's the only one that we've been able to get to. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be seeing the Brewers though at uh, uh, here at the ballpark in Arlington. It's not the actual name of the ballpark, but you know what I mean? Awesome. And hopefully you guys make it up here to um, Milwaukee here in September, November, I mean, October or November <laughs> as well. <laughs> for, so well for, certainly good. for Brewers World Series, we'll be there. Uh, and and if Scotty can confirm, uh, you know, his dog sitting uh, schedule, I was thinking about coming up for a, a pseudo bachelor party in September. So we'll we'll have to plan with uh, Scott if he's not on the show today here. We'll just have to talk to him during our next show or during a pre-production meeting at some point. Awesome. So plan and, a weekend. Uh, a pretty congratulatory um, congrat or um, best wishes to you and your fiance um, as well, Lena. <laughs> well, and so, well, thanks. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. We'll uh, we'll definitely uh, obviously have some conversations uh, prior to that here uh, on on one of our shows. We'll have to invite her on uh, as well to say hello. But yes, that 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 is much appreciated. So unfortunately, I, this is kind of sad. But I have to let all the classy women in Wisconsin know that. Uh, Vince is no longer on the market, so that's kind of sad. Uh, <laughs> it's a long, for all the class, long, long the classy time women in Wisconsin. So, anyway, stay stay classy, Wisconsin women, and go Brewers. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Go Brewers. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks, Chad. Do, 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 do.